Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It is my favorite time of the week. We get uh, Mr. Tom Korski, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. He, of course, uh, looks at all the fine print that often gets missed and goes unreported. Great to have you, sir. Thank you, Alex. You know what I heard yesterday? What's that? Collective heads exploding in my downtown Toronto riding, which is uh, about as liberal Uh red. I mean, everywhere I go, I see liberal red. I I dared put a sign up once about four years ago, um, and it was quickly removed. I was, I think, seen as the antichrist in my neighborhood. But nonetheless, Canada's (laughs) most liberal city, Toronto, is going to lose a seat because of the um, redistricting that they're doing. And uh, Toronto has grown so quickly and Ontario's growing larger. So they've got to change the ridings. And so losing, losing a seat is actually a very big deal in vote-rich Toronto for the Liberals. It is a big deal because it is the most liberal city. Liberal share of the popular vote last time in Toronto, as you mentioned, is clean sweep, all 25 ridings. They won about 51% of the popular vote. Uh, this, in 2019, they won 53%. Well, that's about 15 to 18 points better than they did nationwide. Mm-hmm. And no other city comes close. Uh, in this redistricting, it's a proposal by a boundaries commission. They try to keep the politics out of this to the degree possible. MP Jean Yip, Scarborough Asian Court, out. She loses her yeah. seat. And Toronto is down to 24. Why? Because you can't put 12 pounds of sand in a 10-pound bag, Alex, and the the Toronto city limits are not growing. Everyone knows the growth Mm -hmm. is in the suburbs. There's only so many condos you can build on the, you know, uh, south of Front Street. So there there they have it. And and the pattern in terms of uh, growth, everyone knows this. People who've never been to southern Ontario, it's mesmerizing. Mile after mile (laughs) on the lakeshore of industrial parks and and subdivisions. That's the growth. Yeah. It is the growth, and they have felt very underrepresented and ignored for, for years, where they're like shouting into the wind of wanting someone to represent them, and then they'd get no voice. But interestingly, Scarborough Aging Court, you know, that is one area, Tom, where they probably should have kept a seat because they often get, they're often in Toronto's shadow. So I'm thinking, why not get rid of Rosedale and, and fold it into the St. Paul's riding and do one bigger one downtown and give Scarborough its own? It's, it's all, but it's always a big fight under redistricting. And yeah. in, in this one, also, uh, MP Jean Yip and Scarborough Agent Court is not the only one on the hit list. Uh, Charlie Angus is going to lose his riding proper way yeah. up in northern Ontario, Timmins James Bay. Uh, redistricting is it's interesting. It almost usually gets little play. It used to be front page news, not so much anymore, although this Toronto one did get some attention. Yeah, because heads exploded. This is exactly. This is about that. You you get you win the hockey game if you know what offside is. You can't pass ahead of the blue line. Redistricting is all about the nuts and bolts of electioneering. It really matters. 
It does matter, but nonetheless, it is a fascinating um, you know, move that has been made. I, I also think this is interesting, that Western Canada, in two decades, as you have found, is going to grow by a third. Newfoundland and Labrador uh, are going to be smaller. So when you look at the StatsCan numbers that they forecasted on Monday, nationwide, we've got the seniors' population that's going to eclipse children. And if the population continues to explode as it is, it's Western Canada that's going to be kind of full steam ahead. And yet we're at this time in history in this country, Tom, where there's talk of, you know, separation in the West, where the West is furious with the East. And so here, here is a very interesting scenario that we're heading into. It is, and it's within a generation. So this is the, the Canada your children will know. Yeah. Newfoundland, yeah. only province, Newfoundland and Labrador, to lose population, and their demographic outlook is just disastrous. One-third of the population in Newfoundland and Labrador will be over 65. Well, yeah. you don't have a tax base, and, and your health care costs are going to go through the roof. That's just terrible news. On the West... Growth, net growth, they say, of about 34%, which is huge. It's much more than Ontario. No, no, no one's going to eclipse Ontario in size. They say by 2043, Ontario will number 19 million, more than Australia. But Western Canada has this rapid growth. And, you know, for anyone who's worked in all 10 provinces, there are 10 little distinct societies, and everyone has a different worldview. And Westerners do have a different worldview than people from, you know, Timmins, James Bay, or Mount Pearl in Newfoundland. It's just a fact. Yeah, no question. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um, there's these hearings going underway right now, and it's it's a complex issue. But I think the one thing people do understand is, uh, Tom, is when it comes to our telecom companies, we do not have competition, and yet the lawyers for Rogers right now are in court because they're trying to deal with all the antitrust issues. They're trying to buy Shaw, take their customer base. But what this is going to do is centralize more power to yet another big telecom. I don't think it's good for the customers, but the lawyers for Rogers are using the argument, well, competition's hard. Like, it's hard. So we're competing. Yeah, the problem with it is that they don't have enough competition in this country, and I, I hope some sanity prevails and this deal falls through because I don't think it's in the customer's best interest um, to have less competition, as we saw when Rogers went out. So, so this, if this goes ahead, Alex, you're right. A $26 billion takeover of Shaw to Calgary by Rogers would yeah. give Rogers 13 million wireless subscribers in Canada. That, that leaves them in com competition with Bell and Telesense, mainly nationally. What's interesting about this proposed takeover is no one likes it except for the companies involved. Commons Heritage Committee says no. Commons Industry Committee says no. Advocacy groups have gone to the CRTC, said forget it. There is no one that you can find in cabinet at the CRTC, which has to review it, that says, that says this is a great idea. It's, it's to the point where it's almost unthinkable that regulators would approve this, but the boat's in the water, and Rogers is after this, and they did have that hilarious filing with the competition uh, tribunal where they said, well, that, you know, this, this wireless business in Canada, tough. It's intense, <laughs> they said. It's, it's so intense, intense, the competition. Yeah. Yeah, it's so intense. Whatever happened to that 25% discount the prime minister was... Uh, Going to offer. I would. I would point this out. I'm not sure the Heritage Ministry, which is proving to be run by imbeciles, Tom, these days. I, I'm not sure that they're the best representatives to be dealing with any of these issues, um, uh, given 
they can't seem to do anything right. Oh, um, no, no. Yeah, can, absolutely. And point taken. But you know what? You know what you Democrats and conservatives agree on? That we have an oligarchy in telecom. That, that, mm, that's actually mm, one. Newsflash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> newsflash in 2022. No, no way. You don't say. Um, I do think this is like one of those uh, ironic stories, but there's a liberal MP pledging to work for housing affordability in BC. He's got at least five mortgages on rental properties. All these filings coming up with the ethics commissioner. So this is a Vancouver MP, Talib Nur Mohammed. So I hope I'm saying that right. He says he's fighting for affordability in housing during a crisis. Um, and that everyone deserves a safe and affordable place to call home. Well, he's got five of them. He's making a mint on these things when other people can't afford them. Um, you know, he doesn't really walk the talk. MP uh, Nur Muhammad is a real estate plunger. He's a speculator. He's made a lot of money, millions. Yeah. And he is the newly elected MP in Vancouver, Granville, formerly held by Jody Wilson-Raybould, yeah. former attorney. Yeah. How did that happen? How did I that happen? Oh, it was a hotly contested election in Vancouver, Granville. He was barely elected, only got in by about 400 votes. Yeah. And Mr. Nor Muhammad uh, likes to invest in, in real estate. There's nothing wrong with that. And he likes to make mm-hmm. money speculating on real estate. That's fine. It's a free country. Probably not the guy not really. to give mm-hmm. speeches about housing affordability that would, that would really, you know, that, that tug at your heartstrings. When he talks <laughs> about the middle class striving, struggling, grasping to own a, their very own home to raise their children, it's a beautiful speech. Probably not from that guy should maybe be making that speech but but he likes that speech and we see in ethics filings he's very yeah. active in the real estate market well no no like cabinet as you as you remind everybody they've got this 15 million dollar a year federal tax on house flipping that comes in i think january 2023 that has not gone away so there's the evening field that that evens things out for this guy it's interesting. They made a lot of speeches, uh, the cabinet did, in the last election about housing affordability. They, for instance, promised a ban, an outright ban, on foreign ownership of uh, residential real estate for two years. They have put so many loopholes into that legislation. They are grinding away on it now. This seems to be a, a hill they just can't climb when it comes. Cabinet knows people want to hear this, but they just don't mean it. I'm surprised Nur Muhammad isn't housing minister, to tell you the truth, because he's got great street cred <laughs> when it comes to real estate. Well, you know... Yeah, or the CMHC, but nonetheless. All right, well, uh, good digging. Thank you, sir. Always enjoy the chat. Thank you, Alex. That is Tom Korski, managing editor over at Blacklock's Reporter. Those guys know where the bodies are buried, and they keep finding them. So uh, subscription-based, I say worth every penny, if you like to know the fine print to everything we hear. Tuesdays and Thursdays, for those who ask, this is The Alex Pearson Show on 640 Toronto.